So today is our second week in a five-week stretch in John's sixth chapter, which we sometimes like to call the Bread of Life Discourse. Every three years, the lectionary gives us this long stretch in John 6. It is the bane and love, both of pastors near and far. We spend our time over these five weeks thinking about food and hunger, scarcity and abundance, needs and wants. We watch Jesus feed people, ask them complicated questions about what they're really hungry for, and then feed them again. If you were with us last week or you watched our sermon online, you saw Pastor Jenny Sung kick us off with this reminder that when the kingdom of God draws near, there is always more than enough. I love that she gave us this foundation for which we then build on all the following weeks. This is the reminder for us first. There is always more than enough. So today's gospel picks up where last week left off. Jesus has just fed over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, this miracle. And word has gotten out that he might be the real deal. So they start to follow him. And I'd like to point out, not in the good way. So last week, verse 15 said, when Jesus realized they were going to come and take him by force and make him king, he withdrew to the mountain by himself. The people had just been fed. It was a real need. Their hunger, I mean. They were really, actually, truly hungry. It wasn't a metaphor. It was real. They were hungry. And Jesus met that need. I want to note from last week's sermon, since Jenny didn't necessarily talk about this one piece, but I just want to note this, that Jesus met the need without checking first to see what they believed, or if they were members, or without seeing if they had their own food with them, or if they deserved it, or had earned it. He just fed them. And as Pastor Jenny reminded us, there was what? More than enough. I'm going to ask you this a couple times, so practice now. There was what? There you go. You can say it at home, too. Um, So their response then, after this moment, was to follow him everywhere. They chase him across the lake. They want to force him to be their king. He met their need once, once. What would happen if he was in charge all the time? Well, I think that is a dangerous question. And honestly, I think Jesus is trying to get them to see this very same thing. In today's gospel, Jesus answers, Very truly, I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw the sign, the miracle, but because you ate your fill. Now, I know that this line of the gospel is not the line that you're supposed to focus on on this gospel text, right? On this Sunday is the bread of life Sunday you're supposed to focus on. Verse 35, I am the bread of life, Jesus says. But this line, I love this line. You're not looking for me. You're looking for me not because you saw a miracle, but because you ate your fill. You are looking for me, chasing me, following me, trying to force me to be your king, not because you saw this miracle, because you were fed. You ate your fill. I think this gospel section today is about what we think we want, what we think we need, 
It's Jesus kind of calling people out for chasing the things that fill us temporarily but just don't last. And I might think, well, that's not, that's not me. I mean, I, I work at a church. I'm a pastor. I don't chase after things that don't last. But it's totally me. We all have a hunger, and we seek the things we seek to satisfy it hardly, hardly does the trick. Now, in therapy, which I hope all of you participate in, and if you do, let me say, good on you. And if you don't, may I just take a hot second and encourage you to find a good therapist. It's very important. Therapy is the best. But in therapy, one of the things you do is mine your feelings. Now, those of you in therapy know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you have not been in therapy, it means you find the feeling under the feeling. Anger is rarely just anger. Right? You go under the anger and you find grief or hurt or some other feeling. Mining feelings is hard and vulnerable and brutal but important work. The same is true for our hunger. In this case, when we feel full for a second and seek to chase down and make king whatever it is that satisfies us, it's important to think that that is not actually the thing we're hungry for, that temporary thing we use to fix. It's not our true hunger. I keep thinking, so picture with me, I know you know exactly the smug smile I'm thinking of, so just picture it, but I keep thinking of Jeff Bezos and his smug, self-satisfied smile as he returned from a whole 26 seconds in space and how we all understood in that moment that his wealth, which was accrued on the backs of underpaid and overworked employees, got him there. How he got 86 billion, B billion, 86 billion dollars richer during the pandemic while people who worked in his warehouses and delivered packages got sick and even died while he stayed home and just made more money. I keep thinking about how I have made Jeff Bezos king because I can get anything I want in just two days, sometimes two hours, and man, if that doesn't totally satisfy me sometimes, as temporary as it might be. I think about the way social media can be an outlet and a way to connect me to people and also how scrolling can whittle away hours of my day without me even realizing it. A temporary dopamine hit that makes me feel satisfied in the moment but just doesn't last. The same can be said with busyness and overscheduling or food or alcohol or any number of things. We all have a hunger, so what do you fill your hunger with? And maybe the harder question is, does it really do the trick? So Jesus tells the people, hey, you're chasing the wrong thing for the wrong reasons, and it is God that really satisfies And the people have an answer back. Of course they do. No, 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 Jesus, no. Moses fed manna in the desert, which is bread, so feed us like that. We want that daily actual bread, just like Moses did. Then, you know, then maybe we'll talk about this God thing. And Jesus responds, because of course he does. It's not Moses, but God who fed the Israelites in the desert. 
It's God that provides. It's God that satisfies, that feeds the hunger underneath our hunger. Jesus reminds the people who are following him, chasing him, trying to force him to be their king so they can get bread every day, that it's about who is doing the providing. It's God that provides. Not us, not Amazon, not capitalism, but God. Pastor Jenny last week talked about God's economy a few times in her sermon. God's economy of feeding first, asking questions later is counterintuitive. In God's economy, we can trust that God will provide, not for what we think we want or even what we think we need, but what we actually need. And I personally, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but for me, do not like this at all. Most of the time, I think I know exactly what I need and when I need it, so I'll just take care of it myself. Thank you very much. And while we're on the subject, my life is good because I do good work and I've earned it, so thanks, but no thanks, God. I'm handling this just fine on my own. And if I'm honest, really honest this morning, this works for me most of the time. I am a good worker. I get things done. Trusting me to provide for me has been working pretty well for a while until it doesn't. Until I get sick, or someone I love gets sick or dies. Or when I wonder for the hundredth time this week if God is real, and can I be a pastor if I'm not always sure God is real? Or things that happen that are completely out of my control, like global pandemics and people's responses to it, and suddenly my personal provision falls very short. I am so hungry for something else. Something that lasts. Jesus says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. Boy, I work really hard for food that's perishing all the time. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. The food that endures for eternal life is me. We've talked about these I am statements before, but I'll say here that every time Jesus uses an I am statement, he is talking about God. God providing, God giving, God being. When Pastor Jenny talked about the kingdom of God drawing near, one of the ways this happens, how we can see it happen in real time, is through Jesus. When Jesus draws near, the kingdom of God follows, is with him. So when Jesus says, I am bread, the kingdom of God follows. Now, just two chapters ago in John's gospel, Jesus meets the woman at the well and tells her basically this same thing, but about water. Are you thirsty? Let me give you something that will quench your thirst forever. Are you hungry? I am the bread. Jesus is asking us to draw close to the one that satisfies, who provides without running out or drying up. And in today's gospel, bread is used intentionally. It is such an important part of life in first century Jerusalem. 
Author and theologian and Episcopal priest Lauren Winner says that in calling himself the bread of life and not, say, creme caramel or caviar, Jesus is identifying with basic food, with sustenance, with the food that for centuries afterward would figure in protests of poor and marginalized people. No one holds a caviar riot. People riot for bread. So to speak of God as bread is to speak of God's most elemental provision for us. Jesus connecting himself to bread was no mistake. No mistake that he connected himself to water either. And then here in our faith, in our denomination and what we believe, we draw close to bread and water to draw close to God. Having bread was the difference between life and death. So Jesus is making this profound statement when he says, I am bread. I am the thing that will stain you, that will fill you, that will last. So while it's not a communion Sunday here today, that's next week, so come back. I want to encourage you, gathered here and those of you at home, to eat some bread today. Some real bread, some good bread. Now, no offense to like a loaf from the store, but that's not what I'm talking about. Like, go get a take and bake loaf if you want to do that. If you don't want to bake it yourself, but have some real bread, a good loaf of bread. We'll gather around the communion table next week, but I want you to eat real bread today. And while you eat it, I want you to close your eyes and think about how it fills a physical hunger. It, it does. It does that part. But also, what might it mean for you that Jesus fills the hunger underneath that hunger? When you feel full physically, it's a good reminder of what Jesus is trying to connect himself to, that feeling all the time. This morning, we're going to gather around the font with Madeline, and we're going to celebrate as she is welcomed and loved into the kingdom of God through living water, the water that does not dry up and run out, water that lasts just like bread that lasts. Today, we're going to watch the kingdom of God draw near. And when the kingdom of God draws near, there is what? Oh, more than enough. You guys did it. I'll say it one more time. When the kingdom of God draws near, there's what? More than enough. And that is why we gather today. So this morning we have gathered around the font. You know, we haven't done this in a while. I know COVID makes us a little nervous, but if you feel so inclined to come up and put a cross on your own forehead, take some turns, come up to the font, uh, do that if you need a remembrance, a reminder that you too are included in this kingdom of God. And this is the place where God drew near today. And I remind you to go home, eat some good bread, eat some good bread and think about what it means that God is who sustains, God is who satisfies, and God is who provides. So we'll take that with us into the world as we go in peace to love and serve the Lord.